Well, I trust that you have been challenged in a, a good way these past several weeks as Pastor Bob has launched us into a series on holiness entitled, Oh God, Make Me Holy. And I trust uh, that the messages, I'm telling you, even as a, as a staff guy, as the guy who has to sit on the front row and bail this pastor out when he can't advance slides, as the guy who edits the sermon audio and puts it up on the web, as the guy who kind of knows what's going to happen in a a Sunday morning and knows the the track of the message, I I want you to know that I've been challenged in my spirit, that that the Lord is continuing to do a work inside of me, and I am excited to serve the Lord, and I trust that you are too. God is not finished with us yet, amen? Amen. He is making us into the men and women he wants us to be. And I trust too that you understand the illustration of our our lives in Christ Jesus as a marathon race. Uh, That it is not a momentary lapse in our judgment when we come to Jesus and it is a a momentary change in status that we just simply go back to our normal state of being. But rather, Scripture outlines that we are on in a race of our lives. The race of our lives. The author of Hebrews illustrates it this way in Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything in the race that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run this race with perseverance, the race marked out for us. I want us to grasp that illustration, not only that we are running in a race, but that in this marathon race, there are hurdles in our way. There are things that will continue to snatch us away from being able to run a race that has been marked out for us. There are continuous things that will creep into our lives that will seek to, because the enemy wants nothing more, And to put a hurdle in our path that will trip us up and cause us to stumble and possibly cause us to say, phooey with the race. If the enemy can attack us in any way, he will seek to destroy us by putting things in our path that will cause us to say, oh, that life of faith, that life of holiness is for someone else. Possibly someone else that works inside of an office at a church, right? That life of holiness may be good for our pastors. And man, I hope those pastors stay holy like they preach about. Friends, each of us as Christ followers have been given this deliberate marathon race that is not simply a pie-in-the-sky idea, not simply this, this hope for attaining goodness, righteousness, and holiness. It is a race marked out for us that we can run. And if we are to stand on Scripture and believe what Scripture says, we can jump over the hurdles of this world and this life and we can run to Jesus. I I would have said amen there. I want to run the race. I want to run the race and be found faithful at the finish line. And I want to run the race, and I want to stop tripping over the hurdles and stopping and checking those hurdles out. I want to stop 
ignoring the hurdles until I get to them. I want to stop seeing hurdles as something that are just a normal way of life. I want to see the church of Jesus Christ get to a hurdle and jump over it and keep on running. Specifically, I want to name one of the hindrances that we famously experience in this life as men and women, as boys and girls, and it's the the hurdle of being overwhelmed. You ever get overwhelmed? You ever have just too much on your plate? You ever have the uh, the crying baby at home and uh, the the lack of peace and the lack of uh, understanding and the, 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 the bills are mounting and the experience of life is just so overwhelming that you can't help but say, I've had enough, and you pull some hair out. Oh, it's just in my house? You guys are looking at me like, oh, no, no, no. Everything's great. Maybe it's just those of us who live in Hyde. I don't know what it is. You ever been overwhelmed? Life comes at us 150 miles an hour and sometimes hits us like a ton of bricks and life gets overwhelming. Have you been overwhelmed? One of my most famous overwhelming moments of my life happened eight years ago, almost nine years ago. Ella's going to turn nine in April. Almost nine years ago, it was a Sunday morning, and I was uh, on staff at the Warsaw Wesleyan Church, and Jess was having some contractions that that morning, and she's like, I'm not going to be able to go to service, and I'm like, okay, I've got my cell phone. It was an old school cell phone, not this big, this big probably. And it was a cell phone that I knew I didn't have the best of service inside the sanctuary at church, but I was going to be going out into the lobby and making sure that I I checked my messages just in case that Jess had experienced something where she needed her hero to get there and take her to the hospital. And I was doing my youth pastor stuff back then, and I was uh, doing Sunday school in first service, and then second service I had to run up and do the announcements and kind of be the, uh, the front guy for a little bit of the service. And I ran out to the lobby, and I looked at my phone, and I'd missed six calls from Jess. Yeah, uh-oh is right. I knew what possibly those six phone calls were. Number one, she needed pickles. No, I'm just kidding. I knew that I was in deep trouble, that I'd missed six calls on possibly D-Day of our family with a firstborn daughter. And so even before I tried to call her back, I ran. And as I'm running, the secretary uh, meet, met me in the hallway and she said, Stevan, Jess has called. She's called the, the church office numerous times. You've got to get home. She is in labor. And I ran home, got home very fast. You know what I'm talking about. Broke some laws for the purpose of helping. And I got home and quickly found out what was going on and got Jess in the car and ran to the hospital, which was close by, and then we had the longest wait of our lives as we waited and waited and waited. And then things got a little dangerous, and Ella stopped responding, and some things didn't go well inside the womb, and they quickly moved Jess into surgery, and I went from thinking I knew exactly what was going to happen that day to having not a clue. And Ella was born with an emergency C-section and suddenly I watched life be pulled from my wife. Things calmed down a little bit in those moments and it was uh, well after midnight now and we were in that room and that, you know, they try to make the, 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 the pregnant wife comfortable but they don't do much for us, do they guys? <laughs> there is a company out there that creates this 
couch, chair, bed thing, that whoever owns that company sits back and just laughs. And so I got about an hour's worth of sleep in that room until the sun came up and it was blinding in that room. And I remember waking up and looking around the room and realizing what had just happened in those hours previous. And I remember looking over in that glass bassinet, seeing Jess in the bed through the glass and seeing a baby girl there in that bassinet. And I was overwhelmed. And my body responded by me having to run to the bathroom very quickly. And Jess pushed the emergency button on her thing and said, my husband's puking all over the place. I was overwhelmed at this new stage of life we were in. We were just kids. I didn't have a clue. I thought I had it all together. I thought I knew exactly what we were going to do. And I was overwhelmed at life. And each of us has those stories of how we've been overwhelmed. We've experienced life at 150 miles an hour, and it has absolutely taken us by storm. And we have experienced what it truly looks like to be overwhelmed. One of my probably worst habits in the morning is to uh, get on my cell phone and I read through my scripture of the morning and then I open up the breaking news app. Does anybody else read the breaking news app in the morning? Good, don't do that. It's just a constant stream of bad news in our world. And I'm telling you, some mornings I am overwhelmed. As I read what's taken place in the last 12 hours or what's going on in this world, it is absolutely overwhelming to read through what's going on. You know what I'm talking about. You watch the news. You read the paper. You know what it means to be overwhelmed. One of our famous Wesleyan authors, Dr. Earl Wilson, writes in his book, Holy and Human, which if I can recommend a book for you, it is the book, Holy and Human. And a majority of the message this morning comes from kind of regurgitating some of what that book has challenged me in in my life. He writes this one little phrase in the book that I want to read to you. He says, we live in a world that every year seems to get more complex, more massive, and more unmanageable. And so the question becomes, how do we live in this world that is continuing to overwhelm us? How do we live holy lives? And it's true. Every year we seem to maybe get a little comfortable with what we know and what's going on, but isn't it in those comforting moments of our lives that we most often are overwhelmed by something else coming out of left field? Isn't it often in those times when things have just become kind of a a level plateau in our life? Miss Brenda mentioned it this morning during her song. She, and when we do this as Christians, we say, hey, are you experiencing a, a, a lull right now? Hold on. Are you in a valley? There's a chance you're going to climb up. Are you in a, a, a mountaintop experience? There's a chance things are going to come crashing down. If you're in a, a middle ground, if things are just kind of going and you're like, hey, things aren't bad. They're not super great. But guess what, friends? Life comes at us. And we often are overwhelmed with life. In this more and more complex, massive, and unmanageable world, we can continue to feel the weight of being overwhelmed, and we will. It is our response that is a necessary conversation, I believe, this morning. How will we respond to being overwhelmed? What is it that overwhelms us? Let's talk about some things. Number one, we're overwhelmed by change, right? 
Change is a part of our everyday life. Normal change is sometimes exhilarating and healthy. But most of us have experienced the kind of change or the too much kind of change and will admit that it often overwhelms us. And when change is mandated to us, when change is handed down or forced upon us, it is that kind of change that most often overwhelms us. The loss of life. A change in job that we weren't planning on. A broken relationship that we didn't see coming. A crash, an accident, an illness that we hadn't planned on. Those kinds of changes in our lives are what often overwhelm us to a point of wanting to pull our hair out or act out in our humanness. We are overwhelmed by change. We're also overwhelmed by the expansion of knowledge in our world. Every single day, a new wealth of knowledge is being uncovered in labs and classrooms across our world, far beyond our wildest imagination. Maybe, maybe you do what I do, and you scroll through the, uh, uh, the, the Am- we have Amazon Prime app, and you can scroll through the documentaries and learn things you never knew about. Does anybody watch documentaries of stuff you didn't even know existed and you think you get smarter by watching those? Four of us, that's good. Hey, we're going to start a small group. It's going to be great. It's just going to be people who are smarter than everyone else. That's what I'm going to call it. There is an expansion of knowledge in this world of things that just overwhelm us, right? Technology changes every single day. We already made fun of cell phones. Now, if you have a flip phone, you kind of hide it from people, don't you? Well, you should. <laughs> For Ezra's birthday last year, we got him a, a, a tablet, a Kindle Fire Kids tablet. It's awesome. And the thing does things that you can't even imagine. And I remember when I was a kid, the only tablet I ever had access to was a yellow legal pad. It's amazing the technology that is just expanding our knowledge. And guess what? That expansion of knowledge is often overwhelming. The things that we have to learn about, the things that are uh, uh, being taught to our kids today, that they bring home homework, that I have to sit at the table and try to figure out myself, common what? Core. The expansion of knowledge in our world today is often overwhelming to us. We're also overwhelmed by the magnitude of our problems, aren't we? In this culture, everything is big and getting bigger. And sometimes our problems fit into that same kind of category. What may have overwhelmed us at one point in our life now overwhelms us to a a whole new degree. It just becomes this huge problem that has so many facets that is uh, so complex that uh, affects so many areas of our lives that it just drives us crazy, bonkers, insert other word here, The magnitude of our problems are often overwhelming. So what, what do we do? What should we do? Right? Because we have a response in our overwhelmed state of being that often is a, a battle between our human response to being overwhelmed and our holy response as being children of the Most High God. And our human response is pretty simple, isn't it? 
our human response either looks like a, a, a fist through dry wall or speeding down a highway or doing donuts in the church parking lot. I would never. Unless you saw it on Facebook and then maybe I did. Our human response to being overwhelmed oftentimes results in a, 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 a lull in the overwhelming nature, right? We, we sometimes can, can, can attack our overwhelming sense of being, our, our, our state of life in this moment, and we can kind of take the edge off somehow. Maybe we throw away the bill from the IRS, right? Maybe that's one simple way of getting over the overwhelming status of what's going on. Maybe uh, we take a vacation, we get away from it all, right? Maybe we get to the point where we change our phone number, or we get out of a relationship, or we, we do something in our humanness that tries to eradicate the overwhelming sense of life that is absolutely overwhelming. We stay away from people. We break off appointments and relationships. We try to step away and get away from whatever it is that's overwhelming. But what happens? The IRS sends another bill, right? Our mother-in-law gives our new number out to the bill collector. Another relationship comes in and the baggage that we've carried from the last relationship that was so overwhelming suddenly shows back up. Another crisis happens in our life. The buzz that we get from whatever it is that we've lulled, our overwhelming nature wears off. Another, another thing creeps in and overwhelms us. As Christians, we are called to a higher standard. And a higher opportunity. We have been given the, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we talk about, we think about, we like to sing praises about, but friends, we have an opportunity to tap into a power that I don't think we fully understand. And as Christians, we are set apart by God for God, and we must choose to respond in and with holiness as we are overwhelmed. So I want to talk about three holy responses to being overwhelmed. Three facets of, of, of ways that we can practically, I believe these are practical. Do they come easy? No. But these are practical, understandable ways that as we are experiencing life, whatever level of overwhelming you're experiencing, let's respond in these ways. Number one, accept your limitations. Can I remind you, maybe it's just guys like me, can I tell you, do you need to hear that you're not a superhero? Don't tell my kids that I'm not a superhero. Do you need reminded that you don't, even if you do, you don't wear a cape? <laughs> yeah, I know some of you are like, oh, he saw me through the blinds. Yeah, you run around the house in a cape, that's weird. We're not superheroes. We're fallible human beings. We are not, we're not capable on our own. Can we admit that God is God and we are not? Do we need reminded? I need reminded of that again and again in my life as I'm overwhelmed. Do you feel like you need to sort out the world's problems, dad or mom? Do you feel like you need to figure it all out for your son or daughter to make the right choices that you've tried and tried and tried to get them to make? 
We're not capable on our own. People have been given free will. And we often, in our free will, choose the wrong path. Maybe not you. Maybe it's just me. You're not a superhero. We need to, in our response in holiness, accept our limitations. In the fury of feeling overwhelmed, we must step back and understand that we really are. This goes against what we would say uh, we receive from our culture. We really are helpless creatures against the world's turbulence. We think we've got enough. We think we've got battle armor. We think we've built enough around us to protect us from whatever the world throws our way. But in reality, if we are not grounded in who? God. We can't do this on our own. How many times as a pastor, I have this conversation in my office, in the hallway, in the hospital, in every context of life. You can imagine this. I've had this with some of you since coming here. I don't know how people get up in the morning without the strength that the Holy Spirit provides in their life. I don't understand how people that I've loved and walked with in life continue in their life without the strength God offers through his spirit. It does not make sense. Because I have faced some things even in my young years, and I'm getting younger. I have faced some things that I don't know how me personally or my family would have weathered this storm, that storm, this storm, this valley, this negative, this overwhelming situation without the comforter, without the one who surpasses all of my understanding. The Bible consistently declares the truth that the insufficiency of mankind is legitimate. We were not created to be islands unto ourselves. We were created to be in relationship with the one who knows everything, with the one who gives us all we have, not as independent subcontractors in this world. We were created to be tapped in, connected to, in relationship with God by his Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 6, verses 28 to 33, Jesus reminds us of this dependency this way. He asked this, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans, those who are without God, run after those kinds of things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I don't know about you, but I find comfort in the word of God that reminds me of my tendency, and yet my call as a son of God. The reliance I can have in this world of overwhelming stuff. I want to keep my eyes fixed on him. Paul 
echoes this thought to the church at Philippi in Philippians 4, verses 5 and 6. He writes, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. The Lord is near. God is present. God is here. Accept your limitations. Remember, you can't do this on your own. Don't even try to do it on your own. Rely upon the one who is the source of strength. And in our acceptance of our limitations, as we take off that mask that we try to say we have superhero power on our own, as we accept that we cannot do this on our own, we can literally fall into place and find comfort in the King of kings and Lord of lords, our Heavenly Father. Jesus tells us to seek his Father's kingdom and righteousness first. Don't try to solve all your problems. Don't try to solve all the world's problems. Keep your eyes upon God's kingdom and his perfect righteousness. And yeah, like I said earlier, this is easier said than done, right? We know this stuff. If we grew up in the church, we have heard this stuff. We have taught this stuff. And yet in our humanness, We jump back into the phone booth and we try to change our clothes. We try to change from Clark Kent, normal, average Joe, broken, hurting, into Super Steven, right? And do it on our own and try to get through it. May we today realize our limitations and acknowledge that God is God. And may we learn to turn over every overwhelming situation this life throws our way and ask for him. Ask for him. The second thing that we can do as believers as we respond in holiness to being overwhelmed is to accomplish something. After we realize that our limitations of being human beings is real, as we come to accept that we are not superhuman, that we can't do this on our own, it is not simply an excuse to just sit on the steps and wait for something to happen, right? Maybe we think it is. Maybe we think, okay, God is God and I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to sit here and watch. Please don't watch The View. It's just in my head right now because Pastor Bob put it on Facebook that he was forced into watching The View in the hospital room. That's our mindset, isn't it? And we think, oh my goodness, there's so much. We scroll through the app. We see all the headlines. We know how overwhelming things are. We throw all the bills away. We break off all of our relationships, all of our appointments, all of our friendships with other people who might try to help us through life. And we say, I'm done. God's God. I hope he comes back soon and burns it all up. Friends, We don't have an excuse to simply sit back and wait. We don't have an excuse to simply give up and throw in the towel as we accept God as God. He has given us his spirit to give us power to navigate this life. And so let's accomplish something. Just as pop psychology, even in our culture, would suggest, our second holy response to being overwhelmed is to do something, accomplish something. When we find ourselves overwhelmed by a sense of failure, we can take some small things, something we can manage in that funk, that difficulty, that overwhelming, and we can finish it. There is therapy in accomplishing tasks. There is therapy found in our spirit as we work for the good of others. 
Ephesians 6 verse 7 says, Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Even if we don't think we can do anything on our own, goodness sakes, let's work for the Lord. In our trusting in his provisions, let us be at work for the Lord. The the work ethic that we as Christ followers need to learn to have must include an understanding that the work we do is best accomplished through an understanding and a realization that all that we work for is for the Lord as servants of his. All that we do in this world, all that we are active in is as a servant of the Lord. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Accomplish something in your overwhelmed state of mind. Have you ever experienced the relief of accomplishing something amidst an overwhelming situation? Have you ever had a stack of bills and you paid the first one and you just felt like, hey, it's time to party and let's go buy something on the credit card? Good, you laughed. That was the right time to laugh. If you've ever moved from place to place, you've experienced what it means to be overwhelmed, right? As we've moved from state to state and church to church as a family, one of the things we like to do so that we trick ourselves into not being overwhelmed and accomplish something is put some things on the wall. There's something therapeutic in getting a picture on the wall or on a shelf hanging something on the wall to remind you that this is now home. We need to learn to accomplish things even in our overwhelming state of mind. Accomplishing something amidst being overwhelmed can be a holy response. Far better than throwing in the towel and giving up and hoping for things to get better. The third holy response to being overwhelmed comes from Paul's response to the church at Philippi. And I just titled it, Think About Such Things, number three. Philippians chapter four, verses six to eight says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which doesn't make sense, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, Admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. There are some mindset focus changes that need to happen as those who are in Christ Jesus. There are some obvious things that we are to be about as believers that set our mind on such things as Paul writes about. We are urged through all of Scripture. And look at the book of Psalms urging. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word I put my hope. God calls us not simply to rely on our own abilities, but rather to hope in him. Or as Paul describes it, to think about those things that are excellent, those things that are praiseworthy, noble, right, and pure. The things of God. 
In closing, remember the response of one of my favorite overwhelming situations in Scripture, in the Old Testament. The Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are in an overwhelming situation. Do you remember? The fiery furnace. They refuse to bow down to the image created in the likeness of King Nebuchadnezzar, and they are about to be thrown into a furnace. No doubt burned alive. And to King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 3, they say this to King Nebuchadnezzar. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, Even if he doesn't, we want you to know, O king, in this overwhelming situation, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And we know how the story ended. A fourth image showed up in the furnace, protected them, they came out, I love this part, smokeless. And many came to faith in who the God of angel armies is. We will be overwhelmed. I don't know if it's going to be a fiery furnace. We will be overwhelmed and we must as faithful pursuers of living holy lives trust and obey. Life will seek to overwhelm us. Circumstances beyond my control are sure to come. Jesus reminds me In John chapter 16, verse 33, in this world you will be overwhelmed. In this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have emergency C-sections. In this world you will have sudden death. In this world you will have illness. In this world you will lose jobs. In this world, bad things will happen. But, take heart. I have overcome That's good news for us in this room, right? That's great news for us in this room. That's great news for us. It is comforting. That is, for those of us who have grown up in church, we know this, but we need reminded of it. And friends, this is the good news that we have to take into the world. The world is overwhelmed. The world is in despair. The world is pulling their hair out. Shame on us for looking a lot like the world, right? The world who has not yet experienced the transformational power of the gospel of Jesus Christ does not know how else to respond to the overwhelming life they are living. We must take that message. We bear the image of the truth that is included in these words of God. We have a responsibility. We are ambassadors to carry this message into the overwhelmed world. Our heritage as a Wesleyan church revolves around this message of holiness that is to be delivered into the world. This truth that life doesn't have to simply hurt. That we have a hope in Jesus Christ that brings us out of despair. 
that we can respond even in the tragedy and sinfulness of this world, we can respond in holiness and be set apart in this life. Let's remember as believers, our holy responses to being overwhelmed, accept our limitations, remember that we're not superheroes, we're not God, let's rely upon the only true superhero. Let's accomplish something. Let's do all that we do and work for the glory of God. And let's think about such things, set our focus, find refuge in God's word and in his people. Life will be overwhelming. How we respond to the overwhelming life is our choice. Will we respond in humanness Or will we choose to respond in God's holiness? Would you stand with me? I don't know all of our stories, but I'm going to ask you to bow your heads as we close together. And I just simply want to ask as one of your pastors, if you are overwhelmed today, if life has come at you at 150 miles an hour or 1,050 miles an hour, and you are in an overwhelming situation And you would ask me this morning to be remembering you in prayer this week. Would you simply raise your hand all around this place? We're overwhelmed. Life is happening, and it is overwhelming. Thank you. Anyone else? You're overwhelmed. Thank you. Thank you. Pray with me, brothers and sisters. Lord Jesus, we choose this day to take heart that you have overcome this overwhelming world. And Father, even if overcoming the overwhelming doesn't look like what we think it should, we celebrate you. We know that we are grounded upon the eternal rock and we take comfort in that. Help us as we navigate this life, as we are overwhelmed, help us, Lord, to respond in holiness. For each person that raised a hand this morning, Father, we ask for your blessing to be upon them and for you to give them the grace that surpasses all understanding. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And Hyde Wesleyan said this morning, amen, amen. God bless you. Go with the Lord.